Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. In the Flyover Conservative Podcast, we have a really great guest that is a truth teller and, and just a really good person. You know, we kind of grew up in a world where it was quieter. There wasn't as many sources. Yep. There was a guy named Walter Cronkite that would come on the news at night and just kind of tell you a few things and that's True. what was going on in the world. Then that you go to bed and nobody questioned it. And you just kind of, okay, good enough. Let's go to bed. Today, it's noisy. You turn on your computer, there's stuff coming at you from every direction mm-hmm. and social media. Then you got the friends at the water cooler and probably your brother-in-law to get together. There's so much information coming at you. So you need to know, hey, who's somebody I can trust and is consistently at the front end of a story and bringing clarity to things. And it's the senior editor of the post-millennial, Libby Emmons. Yay! Guys. Yeah, great to have you back. So you've been on our show before. We heard your story, which is a phenomenal story. We're going to put that all in the notes. So if you don't know Lemmy Evans, we'll put that in the notes so you can find out more about her story. But we've got some current events that are going on right now that we would love for you to talk about, some articles that you've written. Let's first talk about what is going on in Minnesota with teachers. The interesting story. We have a daughter that's a teacher. Stacy's whole mm-hmm. family are teachers. It's kind of a subject that's kind of near and dear to us in the profession and then how it's run by the unions is all kind of changing a little bit. So maybe kind of catch everybody up on Minnesota. So Minnesota uh, teachers in Minneapolis went on strike. And as part of their renegotiation terms to come back on the uh, job, um, they came up with a deal where white teachers would be fired or terminated or laid off or what have you before teachers who were minorities. And they did this as a means to uh, right past wrongs, to uh, sort of like uh, apologize for past discrimination in the district. And when there was pushback against this, um, everybody was like, no, this is what we're doing. The school district said it was a good idea that white teachers should be fired ahead of minority teachers despite seniority. And of course, seniority is what typically matters. In these cases, uh, teachers who have been on the job longer tend to get to keep their jobs longer, but not in this case. In this case, uh, the Minneapolis School District and the teachers unions have agreed to complete and total discrimination on the basis of race. It's in direct violation of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which was, uh, in my view and the view of most Americans, such an amazing triumph. Yes. Um, yes. Equality in the United States. I mean, what an amazing thing that we were able to look at our country and say, hey, we've got some discriminatory practices going on. Let's make those illegal. And now we are uh, going all in on discrimination uh, in the name of equality, which makes mm-hmm. absolutely no sense. Totally. Uh, agree. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I feel like <laughs> wow, our, our country wild. had these these strides. I look back, I, I, you know, played football in college for a bit. And I was on a dormitory where I was on the floor I was on is pretty much one of the only, only white guys. And the, the, the vibe and the culture then, and this is, this has been a while. This was like in the late 1900s, that, you yeah, know, that's so true. things have changed a lot, <laughs> but, but the, the, the relational tension between people was, I felt like if you were to draw a line a difference from say the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, and it's not that anybody discounted anything that had happened in the past, but the interpersonal, forget laws, government, headlines, interpersonal relationships were at a, at a, at a good trajectory. I think when you introduce mm-hmm. nepotism in, in a way that 
Nobody likes it if uh, the coach's son is going to be the starting basketball player no matter what. No matter you how know, good he where is. It's, or, it's predetermined yeah. by something outside your control. These kind of things, I think it it injects tension in, in relationships in, in, a, in a way sure. that's that's harmful, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in, in, just, in just how we operate as a multiracial society. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's very harmful. And it certainly uh, would put up barriers between colleagues. Uh, and it's insane that race would be a factor in hiring or firing at all. Mm-hmm. It's completely anathema to the entirety of our ethos as Americans, that race should be a factor in whether or not someone gets to keep their job. That's just so, that's just so insane. (laughs) It's like, so it's so completely Mm -hmm. against the constitution. Well, on on both sides, if you're the one left and you're like, Oh, they fired a really good coworker of mine because of her race. Or if you're the one that sat down and think, man, I was crushing my job. I was doing what I was Mm -hmm. supposed to, but I was let go because of the color of my skin. I don't think that serves right. e- it serves either well. No. No, and it's actually kind of interesting because early on in the Biden administration, we had COVID, whatnot. The Department of Agriculture under um Agriculture Secretary Tom Vislack, I think his name is, uh, put into place a plan where black and minority farmers would get grants and loans from the federal government first strictly on account of their race, that they Mm -hmm. would not need based or whatever other criteria that perhaps the Department of Agriculture could have come up with. But it was a race based grant and lending program. Specifically, their argument was that it would make up for past discrimination. Uh, The Department of Agriculture had discriminated against black farmers historically. And so now, uh, as a means of some kind of reparations, the Department of Agriculture had to discriminate against white farmers to make up for the past discrimination. Well, um, they were sued. The Department of Agriculture mm-hmm. was sued by a consortium of farmers who said, you know, you can't give out money based on the color of a person's skin. And um, the courts found in favor of these farmers and said that it is not uh, legal to mm-hmm. make current farmers pay the price of the Department of Agriculture's previous um, discriminatory practices. So in this case, I think certainly any teachers who were fired first based on their race would have a case and they would have this precedent um, that the federal courts already said you can't use the fact that you have previously discriminated to uh, make the case for current discrimination. And I think that's huge. We did an interview uh, last week or maybe a couple weeks ago with a lady by the name of Courtney Flynn that she was supposed to be part of a a mentorship program with Sephora. And then last minute, they decided they're not going to take any Caucasian applicants uh, for that. And so she's actually going to court court as well uh, over that. And I think when people are stepping up and saying, no, this is not fair, and they're letting their voices be heard, I think it's extremely, extremely important because there was uh, lots of applicants that didn't say anything at all. And I think it is really important that you do step up and use your voice for sure. Well, I think also in part due to the educational system that has in recent decades prioritized um, the, you know, experiences and history of minorities in the U.S. in a lot of places, not everywhere. I know that, you know, whatever, but it's, I, I haven't been to every classroom in the country, obviously. Right. Sure, sure. Um, but I think that there is an extent to which um, 
white people have internalized this kind of feeling that their lived experience, to use the progressive term, is not valid, is not as interesting, is not as important, mm-hmm. or that they are, in fact, responsible for the sins of their ancestors, even in the case where their particular ancestors were not the ones who had committed right. any right. sins. I think there's pr- millions and millions of Americans who are white who had absolutely uh, no ancestral you know, slavery in their mm-hmm. past or what have you. But I think that that has been internalized by a lot of people to a certain extent. Um, I don't think that that's appropriate either as regards our constitution, which specifically enumerates that the children um, are not responsible for the debts of their parents. Now that's a financial consideration yeah. in the constitution, but I certainly also believe that we are not responsible for the moral debts Uh, or moral sins of our parents or ancestors as well. If you can't put us in debtor's prison for our mom's Mm -hmm. debts, then then why should you be able to fire us before other people based on our potential ancestors' uh, involvement in the in the triangle trade or what it's have a, you. It's a, what slippery, a point. slippery slope to even get involved mm-hmm. in. So you write for the post-millennial, the senior editor. You guys are creating great. I'm actually the editor-in-chief. 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 Yes. Editor that is awesome. Great. Phenomenal contact. You're active on, on, on Twitter. Can you tell people how to, how to find you and, and just sure. maybe a, a quick blip about what is the post-millennial about if people have not heard of, of your product? The Post Millennial is a breaking news and culture site. We skew uh, center right. We are very interested in pointing out the hypocrisies of censorship. Um, we're very interested in, uh, you know, talking about what's going on in the educational system, um, what's going on in culture, and also making sure that we have uh, current news going out, you know, for everyone to mm-hmm. take a look at. You have right now an article that I wrote last week. Um, I was at a, a rally for Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida, hosted by um, Turning Point Action. And he and Doug Mastriano, who's running for governor of Pennsylvania, were out there. And it was pretty interesting to see in such a liberal stronghold like Pittsburgh, to see so many people mm-hmm. out there uh, rooting for Mastriano. And of course, DeSantis is something of a national phenomenon right now. Everyone That's wants. Exciting. I don't know anyone who doesn't want their state to be more like Florida right now. So, you know, I which could is do without real. the mosquitoes, but yeah. otherwise, it's, I'm uh, it's, it's such an it's interesting true. thing. And I have a brother that lives in in Florida, and he's always sending me an article. There seems like there's a highlight reel every day with Ron DeSantis. But I look at it, and it's not like he, you know, invented a cure for baldness or something, or you know, he pretty much is following the law and the Constitution. That's kind of he brings he's doing every the right thing. He brings everything back to something that already existed. He didn't invent the Constitution. He didn't invent the law. He just is right. kind of. Up, up, upholding what already exists, mm-hmm. which seems to be kind of a a, a rare he, thing in today's yeah. world. And he trusts he trusts the citizens of his state yep. to make their own decisions for their own lives. And isn't that what this is all about? Don't we get right. to do that? Even if we want to make bad decisions, that's our choice. Um, and I really respect and appreciate what DeSantis has done yep. for parental rights in the state, telling the government and telling schools that they have no place getting yes. between a parent and child. I think that's. Um, I think that's just great. 
<laughs> you know, like, totally agree. Absolutely. We should have one in every state that's doing we that exact a, same thing. Just need a couple of more of it. What's your uh, handle on Twitter? I'm going to put that on here as well so people can follow you. That's where a lot of your content you do make available. If yeah. people, you know, if they forget yeah. the postmillennial.com, they can follow you there. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Libby Emmons and I'm on Truth Social also, which I just started getting back into. And that's also at Libby Emmons. And uh, you can, you know, come check us out at the Post Millennial. We also have a lot of great opinion pieces going up at humanevents.com. So you can check that out as well. Perfect. Let me thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Hi, friends. Dr. Michelle Sherwood here. And Dr. Mark Sherwood. For years, patients have asked us about meal replacement shakes, but literally nothing has met our high standards. And with today's food shortages and nutritionally compromised diets, that standard American diet, we had to take action. So we created our own. Voila! Kingdom Feel is our complete nutritional shake mix. And it is absolutely, and I mean full, of nutritional goodness. Do you have a three-month emergency food supply in your pantry? Kingdom Fuel is shelf-stable and available in delicious chocolate or vanilla. Stock up to fuel your life and enjoy a peace of mind. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.